Welcome Guardians, it's April 3rd, 2016, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 21, and because we... Is it? Uh, uh, well, I guess we'll we'll have to decide. It's going to be 20-something-ish, I guess. I think we need to change my most recent episode uh if you didn't hear it yet episode 20 is pretty amazing i won't no i'm not gonna i won't i won't keep the joke running so we had a little we we had a little fun well i had a little fun on april 1st uh this past week and we had a an interesting episode it was definitely a joke we didn't have any information about the spring update so um the uh the real episode that week was our uh talk about the King's Fall raid with Bife, and that was pretty deep. That was, you know, we had a good three-hour episode, so we decided to have something a little uh, more fun and just, well, I don't want to say more fun, but just a, a little more relaxing. So we are going to do Fan Questions Part 2. Uh, but before we get going, uh, it is our six-month anniversary in April, so we are going to try to do some fun stuff. We are going to have a um, might have a couple extra podcasts this month, maybe a guest or two. We're we're trying to to get it all squared away, but uh, we wanted to start off, like I said, with with some questions to to lighten the load and to again show some appreciation towards our uh, our fans that that give us feedback. Um, with me today, tonight, this evening is drop slash. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, I had a light, a light Destiny week, but that's because I've been neck deep in Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, but uh, I played a little bit last night. Immediately got back into it, and I've been working on this these fan questions. So it's even if I miss a couple days playing Destiny, uh, or even a week or so, <clears throat> jumping back in and pulling together show notes always gets me right back into it. So. Well, what do you think, uh, since we, we really haven't talked since we had Bifon last week, uh, and we've had our reveal, what do you think about that, about the, the guns and, and the info drop we got on Wednesday? Uh, I mean, some of it is interesting. I didn't see any one piece of armor that made me go, oh, I really need that to replace <laughs> what I already have. Like, and right, right. I know that I'm... But it glows. Well, I know that I'm in a really <laughs> small percentage of players who, like, I don't wear 320 gear because it's 320. Like, I took the time to to infuse all the gear I liked first rather than just try and make the run to 320. So everything that I wear right now, I absolutely love. Uh, and then with the new infusion system, I'm not worried about losing it at all. Right, right. So nothing I saw made me be like, oh, I, I really got to get my hands on that. Uh. <laughs> There's some uh, some fun new dance moves that I know Mr. Gabble Ratchet's excited about, and he's with us tonight too. What what's going on, buddy? Oh, that that praise the sun emote. I will never equip another emote after I get that. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. You gotta be a you gotta be a fan to know what that's from. But oh man, so good. Well, what they 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 took some liberties with the description though, right? It's not praise the sun. Oh, I think it's praise the light. Yeah, I thought it was praise the. Is it praise the light or praise well, the gun? There's both. Oh, there's both. Okay. The one that is that's exactly like praise the sun from Dark Souls is called yeah. Praise, praise the, the gun is the acolyte one. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. You know, I'm waiting. There's gonna be a video 
especially from trials of a sun singer self-resing wiping the other team and then immediately doing the praise oh. the sun emote um oh, <laughs> that's gonna be it will be awesome yeah that will be pretty pretty cool uh, well okay so here's a i got a i got a fan question because i'm i'm your guys's fans so um what year one weapon do you want to see come back do we like want to see or which of the ones on the list are we most excited for which which one well, okay yeah yeah i know that you'd be picking fate bringer or whatever but which one on the list do you want to want uh to see? well ass- assuming that they say the magic words and they're gonna fix hand cannons it's gonna be the devil you know that was my first favorite gun in destiny that's a lot of people's first favorite gun i liked i liked that it one was so good was yeah. the scout rifle the badger ccl or the another nitc because I have one of each, I think, still in my vault, both with insane rolls, and I'm so sad that I can't use them anymore. When I saw that one of them is coming back, I got really excited. <laughs> you try to re-get that roll. It'll be. I think I have one that has. Uh, I had one with. It was like field scout, explosive rounds, and firefly. I don't know. It was some. It was crazy. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I liked both of those. The badger and the another nail in the coffin were were pretty pretty amazing scout rifles so well all right let's do some uh housekeeping so we are ghost stories and you can find us on twitter at d ghost stories you can also email us at destiny stories at gmail.com and by emailing us you can leave us some questions comments uh request to join our fan chat uh you can be really mad at us and send us nasty grams if you need to if you want to want to vent about something uh, which we are no strangers to now we got our first like angry thing that that came came from uh from the listener world and that's our very special thank you of the week uh this week after our really fun and uh light-hearted April Fool's Day episode, which was all my doing. I take full responsibility and credit for that, so I'm sorry if you don't like it. I know Drop mentioned one time he's not a big fan of April Fool's Day, but I am. I like I like it. I'm I'm that guy. Um, so I'm sorry if you weren't happy with it. And our friend at Great Will Wind was not happy. He even said he starts it off with at Digo Stories. Not happy. Wasting my time. <laughs> Been listening since the second podcast. Look forward to it every week. Never again. Deleted. A-holes. So, yeah. We we know. And, yeah, sorry. But that's that's my thing. Now, that being said, uh, you know, I, uh, I went back and read that. And I, I did feel bad for like a second. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm kind of I don't feel as bad as as maybe I I should um or maybe I shouldn't feel bad at all. I don't know. I was kind of I was really thrown for a loop because all the all the feedback we had gotten thus far, well, the main feedback we got was your podcast is broken. Uh you need to fix the audio in it. Um we we heard that a lot. So those people that tech that sent that to us, we know that we tricked you. So, yeah, you outed yourselves. I can't I can't even I can't even help you out there, um, but but besides that, you know we got a lot of good feedback. The people were were jokingly upset, and you know we got a well played bastards. LOL made the long drive even longer listening to that. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, some people played along and said, by the way, very good topic today, <laughs> you know. Um, and we even got people asking for the fix for it, even after I think they might have listened to the entire hour. So that one, that one kind of confused us. Um, but anyway, so I got on, uh, I got back on and I talked to her, or at least I was going to talk to this guy and I told him sorry and we would have a very special thank you for him. And here it is. Thank you for listening. Thanks for coming back. He actually came back on and said, I was having a really bad day and I was really looking forward to the episode. And when I didn't hear it, I got really mad, essentially. And so we're sorry. We hope you enjoy this one. This one's dedicated to you. Uh, and here we go. Let's get into some uh, listener questions. Right. What do we want to start off with? Uh, there are no particular order, uh, but they're start, they start off with the Guardians and Tower-related questions. But I think we might as well get this first one out of the way. It's This is a, a sore topic for the the ghost stories team so this is a question from <laughs> oh this is a question yeah, i don't like this yeah one. this is a question from sam uh and his question is are there any guardians that were alive when they got their ghost uh if you're familiar with the lore you already know why we have a problem with this question uh but i'll do i'll do the flat answer first uh according to the canon no there's not there's nothing in the lore there's nothing in the grimoire anywhere uh to confirm that there was a guardian who was alive at the time that they were discovered by their ghost. But <laughs> if you want to read between the lines, there is one in the lore with a giant question mark over his head. And that's Shin Malfur from the Dwindler's Ridge saga, which is Thorn, last word, that entire mess. Uh, the reason why he has a question mark over his head is because when the story starts, Shin is a boy. Uh, in Palamon when he first encounters Jaren Ward and over the course of the story he grows up a bit which implies that he's not a guardian because as far as we know guardians are static vessels of the light they don't age uh, so but later on especially in the flavor text of the last word uh, he's referred to as a quote unquote renegade hunter now personally I feel like this can be read a bunch of different ways <laughs> that I think people read it at. He is a hunter who is also a renegade. Cause Hunter is capital. But you could also read it as somebody who hunts renegades, not necessarily hunter the subclass, but he's someone who hunts renegades, which doesn't necessarily mean that he's a guardian. He's just somebody who hunts down renegades and Dredgen Yor was technically a renegade, I guess. I mean, he went against pretty much everything Guardian stands for. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but in Ghost Fragment Last Word 4, it's also heavily implied that Shin uses Golden Gun uh, to kill Dredgen Yor. So that's that's a little bit less vague. Uh, although if you read the text, it says he, he only fired two shots. So whether he let his golden gun waste the last shot. Uh, <laughs> well, the guy was already dead. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Uh, Wait a minute. It took two shots from a gold gun to bring down your... Does, okay. Well, he was right. badass. But does that mean that maybe potentially that Dredgen Yor is a 
a year one Ramlock. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, are we going to get all weird at this uh, this is... question? Because I don't know. We're, but we... we're going to get angry tweets after this. Yeah, let's, let's just, I think we should avoid that, especially after my debacle Friday. Uh, but anyway, so, d- but nowhere, nowhere in the story at all is there ever an accounting of Shin's death, uh, which means that he never died and was resurrected by the ghost. And it's also there's a really good chance that in the story that it seems like Shin's ghost uh, is actually Jaren Ward's ghost. So it's not like a ghost found Shin and resurrected him. There's no accounting of his death. There's no counting that he has his own ghost. Uh, it was Jaren's. So this is it's so wishy-washy uh and we don't have the whole story story. and if we can ever stay friends long enough to actually discuss the entire story we might actually do a podcast on it but we like the podcast and we don't (laughs) want to we don't want to lose each other we enjoy each other too much so (laughs) all right so well that one from sam thanks that's a deep one uh that hopefully we we got you the answer you were looking for um Let's move on to a question from Brandon. Um, and being that you're a warlock, or yeah, Gabble, why don't you uh, take this one because it kind of focuses on that a little bit. <laughs> sure thing. All right, this is from Brandon. I was on a crucible match with all hunters, and I'm a warlock. They didn't understand my abilities, and I was left out of all strategies we tried. I eventually got sick of it, and when they told me on control to guard a point which was totally protected already, I denied them and went in on a group of enemies guarding a point, and I just Nova-bombed them. I thought after that, do warlocks and hunters get along in the lore? I thought I should ask the lore pros, so do they get along? Uh, I love that this question came out of like a almost like an in-game <laughs> rival <laughs> experience. This is great. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the basic question is kind of? Uh, they're they're notoriously competitive in all the lore. Uh, we've talked about it. I think we talked about it on our Hunter episode and our Warlock episode, but uh, a yeah, Ghost Fragment Warlock probably has the most famous go-between. Oh, that's the that's the the Warlock kind of challenging the Hunter to go kill the Ahamkara, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and that story picks up again with the new hunter, or not new hunter artifact, but when artifacts were introduced as a hunter artifact called Ahamkara's Scale, and the flavor text is just, and that warlock thought I couldn't do it. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, deeper than that, uh, Pahanan's Errata, which is a collection of observations uh, by the legendary hunter Pahanan, is filled with weird musings about the hunter warlock relationship there's some fun stuff in there uh like uh monolith bleed four is i can't shake hands with warlocks i just get so nervous they're going to vaporize me (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh the dynamo cloak i think is my favorite one which is your mission protect the city look better than the warlocks but don't look like you're trying (laughs) And I'm sure Gabble and I could argue for an hour about who's better looking, but it's the Hunters. Uh. <laughs> uh, and then Cloak of Hidden Agendas also says, uh, which is the classic behaining quota, tell a Titan only a madman would go, tell a warlock it's too complex when it comes to tricking them into doing something. There's also a Hunter handbook that's just flat out called uh, Aphorisms to Anger Warlocks. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it really just sounds like hunters are the aggressors here. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't. Nah, well, I don't know, because in Ghost Fragment Warlock, that is very much the warlock who's who's sending that hunter to their death. Uh, no, he's, he's just, you know, superior and letting everybody know. <laughs> Except not. Uh, but actually, the, the best example, I think, of this is uh, Crimson Days. The Crimson Days grimoire outlines uh, an entire story about a hunter and a warlock who started as very fierce rivals uh, and then put their differences aside to become really close friends. So if you want to take a look at, I mean, all these things are, are available to, to look at in the lore, but yeah, read the uh, Crimson Days grimoire. It tells a cute little story about, about a hunter and a warlock. Gives some insight into into the relationship that exists, and I think even now, I think in game, I don't in Destiny. I don't think there's a lot of people who sort of role play in Destiny. <laughs> uh, I, I imagine there probably is a community out there somewhere of hardcore are like role players who who take on the their characters, but uh, I think there's a healthy rivalry all the way around with all three classes. Oh, all the uh, all the Titan and Warlock and Hunter Master Race yeah. <laughs> hashtags everywhere didn't tell us that. <laughs> so it's it's very apparent. So, but yeah, everyone knows it's in good fun because when it comes down to it, they all band together and take care of business. So yeah. All right, moving on. We've got a question from Kyle. He says, "Hey guys, I just listened to your episode about holiday." And you referenced that it was possible that she reminds Kate of someone from his past, but because he's an XO, he doesn't recall it exactly. Is it out of question that the girl in the is it out of question out of the question that the girl in the question may be Anna Bray? It's just speculation on my part, but it was the first thing that popped into my head when listening. Is there anything that proves or disproves this theory? So I mean it's possible, right? Yeah. We don't really know. It's it's left vague, I guess, kind of on purpose. But uh, but you know, she was a famous gun. Anna Bray was a, a famous gunslinger. Um, so you know, he definitely probably knew of her, if if nothing else. Yeah, and we don't we don't I don't think there's anywhere there's any kind of confirmation about whether or not Cade fought at Twilight Gap. Uh, we know that Shax did. We know that Zavala did, but it's unclear about Cade. Um, I would assume so. Maybe if Andal Brask was the vanguard at the time, maybe he did. But Anna Bray definitely fought at Twilight Gap, and she was she sort of gained her her infamy that day. Uh, Is it bad of me to think that it just kind of picture you know Brask and and Cade Six like sitting somewhere very safe, just taking pot shots at, at enemies and and oh yeah, you know making bets and stuff like I oh, watch where I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot him in the elbow. Yeah, I imagine they're way up at the top of some like ridge or tower in like lawn chairs with right. fancy umbrella drinks and sniper rifles. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so good. And they're they're making bets against each other over uh over who can shoot you know which fallen's finger off. Right, right. Someone accidentally shoots Zavala in the ass. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> They're pushing the gun back and forth between each other. That is, that's one way to lose a bet. No <laughs> oh, man. There's a great, there's an interesting <laughs> recounting here though uh, about Anna Bray by Lakshmi too when she's talking about Twilight Gap. Uh, it's actually a quote by Lord Shax, but the story is told by Lakshmi too. Uh, 
And it says, when she fired the gun where her golden blast hit home, she left behind pools of light, like splashes of sunlight that burned and burned. Which, that sounds a lot like the uh, Sunbreaker ability that leaves the sunspots. Yeah, the sunspots. Yeah. So I wonder if, I mean, not that I think it alludes to anything, but it'd be pretty cool. That'd be a pretty cool perk to have on Golden Gun with these sunspots. For the future. So they got nine seconds to shoot them off, though. Unless you're wearing Acleophage. Oh, yeah, we had this conversation right before we started. I'm so <laughs> upset about that still. <laughs> All right. Our next question from David. So today, Bungie announced the April update, and with it, a picture of some guardians rocking a Taken shader. Well, being that the general consensus is that we're dead, and that's the reason orcs can't take us, I'm sure the lore will have some type of exclamation, explanation for this shaders. If not, who cares? They look awesome. The thing is that this made me think of the humans, the people in the city. Why do you guys think orcs didn't take the humans? It's actually a pretty good question. Yeah. Uh, it was revealed in the stream. So this question reached us before the second stream, which revealed that it is actually a taken armor set, not a taken shader. Uh, in the grand tradition of guardians wearing the corpses of their enemies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the simple answer here is that the last city is still protected by the traveler. Uh, so this is probably the sort of in-canon explanation for why orcs didn't just appear in the middle of the tower and take everyone uh, who's not a sweeper bot or a guardian. Uh, but it doesn't explain sort of the outlying areas like the European Dead Zone, where we know combat is happening because of some of the Crucible maps. Uh, and we know that there are still humans who make pilgrimages to the city from other places. Uh, my guess is that, you know, for Oryx, that must have been like watching ants scurry around. You know, there's no real point in taking one or two random humans on their way to the city. Like if he could, could have taken the entire city... That would have been a different story, but I think as long as the traveler's there, there's no way he can do that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, even if he did take take him, what kind of of I don't want to say ability, but but what did what does a standard run of the mill human have to offer as far as you know powers? Yeah, you know, I, there's just they're just are weak. <laughs> I hate to you know I hate to just say that, but but that's why that's why the fallen could just buzz by in their skiffs and demolish towns and take people and do whatever they wanted, you know? <clears throat> Although it is kind of terrifying to think of, like, millions of taken humans, which would essentially be zombies, just all, like, piling on top of each other <laughs> get to get to the top of the tower. <laughs> yeah, that would be a pretty awesome sight, I guess. Until we get in our ships and blow them off the sides, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but see, now I want a Left 4 Dead-style <laughs> mission in Destiny. i got to go clear the European Dead Zone. <laughs> really is a dead zone there you go that's why it's called the dead zone See? oh my gosh mm-hmm. confirmed <laughs> okay maybe not all right let's <laughs> April Fools. yeah i won't say that anymore <laughs> all right our next question is right. from ben uh and he says is there anything in the grimoire that details zur's origins if he comes from the city then the story behind the face tentacles must be good uh so there's nothing Great I way know. To that. Uh, there's nothing in the grimoire uh, that sort of references Zer's origins, but if you stand around Zer and listen to some of the things he says, 
Uh, he does make reference to his origins, uh, where he came from a bit, and what he might have been doing uh, in the Outer Jovians at the time when he became something else. Uh, so you can, you can next time he's in the tower, what's today, Sunday? He's gone by now. Uh, by the time you hear this, he'll be gone. But yeah, find, track down Zer and, uh, and listen to some of the things he says. I think I listed the four most important ones here, uh, which are some of the cells of this body began on this world. How strange to return. So sort of inferring that Zer was human at some point or came from Earth. <clears throat> Uh, some of this body's ancestors were born on this world, but were later changed to live in the outer world. That, to me, is one of the most interesting, because if you read the Grimoire card for the city, it mentions that there is the city is home to both humans and neo-humans. That word pops up in the Grimoire a couple of times, uh, but we don't know what it means. We've never encountered them. It's not a race we can play but if the possibility that neo-humans were humans that were altered to live uh, beyond the Jovians is certainly possible. Uh, then there's the quote, we saw the colony fail, not knowing what we saw, sort of implying that there was an outer Jovian colony that he was a part of. And the last one is, we came up from the dust and burrowed into flesh for warmth and became something new. Which seems like it would be alluding to worms, but I really don't think that that's the case when it comes to Zer. But, yeah, uh, and Bungie loves to update the idle chat for characters without putting it in patch notes or telling us that they're doing it. So, uh, I know Beta and I have a habit of standing around characters and recording things that they say, but this is where you get a lot of background <laughs> information on some of these characters when it doesn't officially show up in the grimoire itself. And that's that. All right, next up we have from... Our Slack, yeah, from our Slack chat, Prime Hate. Assuming that Osiris had premonitions of the future through Thanatonautics, or the Vex, when he created the Trials of Osiris, it doesn't involve combating anything else besides other Guardians. Is it possible there is a dark future he foresaw where we became splintered or corrupted and became the Hand of the Darkness? Why focus so hard on combating other Guardians when our enemies so far have been unlike us in so many ways? We know Guardians can be corrupted or turned, creating our worst enemy out of our own ranks seems terrible and tactically effective. Are you sure his name is Primate? I thought it was Prim I thought it was Prim hate like he hates Prim, the the younger sister from the Hunger Games. She really, <laughs> really wanted Prim to go into the Hunger Games. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I, I've never confirmed it. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to confirm, uh, you know, pronunciations via text. Yeah. It's always it's always fun when people do that because they'll put like, oh, man, we had that problem the other day when uh, we were trying to figure out how to pronounce Dredgen or Dregden. And I think uh, Drop's <laughs> description was one of the better ones. It was, uh, he pronounces it as stupid. I believe. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's there's that, but but yeah, no, I, it might be, maybe it is prim hate. So yeah. all right, back to his question yeah. though. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's kind of. I, well, so I, so the only answer I wrote here was this could also be said about Lord Shax and the Crucible and Lord Saladin and the Iron Banner. 
Uh, <laughs> I think if you're looking for like a rational explanation here, I think the most rational explanation is uh, Guardians have proven themselves so far to be the most powerful beings in the known galaxy or universe or at least in our system so if you're going to go up against something it might as well be the strongest thing which is another guardian yeah and the only other option would be to collect a whole bunch of your enemies into some sort of a facility where you could just fight them over and over again like a like a prison or something of old people prison hmm. prison old like we're going of, we're going like, to like a geriatric facility like Elders, the prison of the elderly. Elderly, huh? that sounds. I don't know. We should go there. We should. Sounds like we yeah, should yeah, though. Sounds like a. <laughs> <laughs> okay, confirm. <laughs> We're going to prison of elders. <laughs> so, and who who uh, really knows what the the hell Osiris is thinking these days, or if he's thinking at all? Who knows? Uh, maybe the trials of Osiris are to find the most powerful guardian to replace Osiris because he's been long dead, but his cult can't give him up. Who knows? Well, there's something there. We'll uh, maybe we'll figure it out one day. Except that know. he's been confirmed places. I don't know. Osiris. Yeah. Listen to the Osiris <laughs> episode. I don't. <laughs> Mystical Fet though in our Slack, and I'm pretty sure I Uh-oh. pronounced that one correctly. Are there any references in the lore to the physical size or population of the city? Uh, and the answer is kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so on the Grimoire, the city is referred to as a metropolis. And a metropolis tends to refer to a city that has more than one million people in it. Uh, also, if you ever played Sim City, you know that in order to get metropolis, you need a million people. And to get to megalopolis, I think you need 10 million people. Uh, so technically, I guess you could argue that the city is a metropolis. So there's at least a million people in there. Uh, but man, as for actual mentions, not really. But if you can get up high somewhere, like there's, you can get pretty high up uh, on like some of those columns that are, are on top of the vaults in the middle of the uh, the tower. The city is enormous. Uh down there it is huge uh we don't have a hard count of how many humans survived the collapse and how many are slowly making their way to the city but million 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 or two i don't know how many how many taken humans does it take to reach the top of the tower that's how many there are (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) so all right next up our good friend titan master race no, mm. hold on. I well, he asked this question. I didn't put an answer to it because he never followed up with me. So, oh, oh, let's. Uh... This it's a question about uh, Tolan saying he doesn't have his ghost, and he said he was going to send me the reference, and I didn't go looking for it, and he didn't send it to me. So, hmm. Oh, I missed opportunity. Guess we'll have to wait for fan questions number three. Yeah, I mean, well, and we don't know. I mean, is Toland? I mean, Toland got killed by uh, Irute. So does that mean his ghost? got killed as well because the song kills everything that hears it but then he became ascendant i don't know it'd be funny if his ghost was flying around out there beside him but (laughs) but anyway so let's skip that one and we are headed to oh my gosh sherville gurney that how we're gonna pronounce yeah this is we're just go ahead and read this and we'll (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so I hear a lot about whether guardians are living or dead. Do the text of the Seraph 1 chest armor, I'm not talking about our lives. I'm talking about what happened between the first one and the new one. And the text of the XVO Timebreaker, many are brave, but only the strong and the living will ever ride this sparrow, seem to indicate that we are actually alive. <clears throat> okay. Hot topic. Yeah, if you have been in our fan chat at all in the past <laughs> week, you have probably witnessed a non-pig and I <laughs> going at it over this topic. Uh, Anon firmly believes that we are alive, and I firmly believe that we are sort of undead-ish, like not necessarily dead like a corpse, but more like a zo- light-infused zombie. Uh, and a lot of this comes down to semantics about what does it mean to be alive and what does it mean to not be alive and what will motivates the anyway we've we've gone pretty deep this topic could be an entire episode by itself so <laughs> we're gonna we'll we'll skip this question for now and then maybe devote an episode to it later maybe we'll have anon on the show and he and i can hash it out <laughs> well and just as as a parting shot for anon ghost angel cloak uh, uh-oh. uh-oh ghost angel cloak do we want to we're an army of the chosen dead Ooh. Ooh. But then he's just gonna say we're a memory. But then I guess memories aren't alive. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm not gonna get into it. I'm gonna. So you can predict his answers or his his rebuttals to your. I can't wait. Your... I can't. He's gonna okay. hear this episode, and I'm not gonna hear the end of it in in Slack in the fan chat. <laughs> we might we might have to kick him. <laughs> so. We can't. He's All the right. HR person. Oh, that's right. Dang it! Nobody wants to do that <laughs> job. Um. Okay. This next one, I read and I laugh, but it's a good question, <laughs> sort of. So, from Brandon, is Omnigal Crota's mom? Uh, and the answer is no. no. But Omnigal oh. is the mom of all of Crota's spawn, so that's gross. <laughs> so, all the yellow hive, which I believe are the Crota's sect of hive, they're all spawned by Omnigal. And in fact, when you do the Omnigul strike, the will of Crota, she's, if you notice, the hive you fight on the way there are all red, which is Oryx's sect of hive. Uh, they're protecting Omnigul so she can continue to spawn more of Crota's horde. <laughs> Wait a minute. Awesome. If So it's more like Omnigul is like Crota's wife, right? Instead of mom. Yeah. If that was a thing. Well, so so More yeah, like so it. as as the story goes, if you're looking at it from a different direction, uh, Crota and Eris had a thing, and then Crota dumped Eris, and then Omnigul was Crota's new girlfriend, and then Eris got really jilted Wait, and mad, and she Eris, yeah, oh my and God. that's oh. why Eris hates Omnigul and Crota so much because it's like they're oh. they're the new boyfriend and girlfriend, and she's totally that finally makes sense. <laughs> so she sends us after both Crota and Omnigul. She's like oh, the that... vindictive ex-girlfriend. What a jerk. <laughs> all right, all right, I get it. <laughs> Finally. Like the world of sword humor, like right there at the tip of my tongue that I can't say. Thank you. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> Thank you. The family show. Um, oh, which, you know what? I want to say something real quick, by the way. We had a comment um, a week or so ago. We had a guest on, and I think we did have a curse word that was used on the show, and we want to apologize that we didn't catch that in editing. Um, I know that uh, 
he he mentioned that he likes to listen to this uh, podcast with his with one of his kids. I didn't he didn't I don't remember if it was a son or daughter, but must be a player as well. And so we don't want to take that we don't want to take that that kind of bonding and that that kind of experience away from you. So we apologize, and we will do our best to edit and correct any of the uh, the harder of the curse words. So sorry for that little uh, PSA, uh, but. I just wanted to say that I've been wanting to say that for a little bit and finally remembered to. So cool. All right. Moving on from Matt. So the other day I was listening to one of your shows and something sparked a whole lot of questions. I know that some of these questions are dependent on answers to other questions, but I figured I'd just throw them out there and let you guys answer however you please. So question number one, wait, is this that guy that asked like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. He asked a lot of questions. (laughs) He sent us a very long email, so we had to we had to, to bring it up. So, all right. In Last Rites, when we take Crota's essence, we gain the power of ascendance. Does that mean that we would then also gain our own throne world slash sword space? <clears throat> the answer to that is no. Uh, one, we essentially are just wearing a Crota mask <laughs> uh, for all of that. We'll come to that later. But also, not all Ascendant Hive have their own throne worlds, uh, just the most powerful of them. Uh, An Ascendant Hive has to have the knowledge of will to manifest its own throne. Uh, It has to know how to cut into the sword space and then define the reality of its own throne in that sword space, which is the Ascendant Plane. So, you can be an Ascendant Hive uh, and not have a throne. I think there's some good examples there are like the War Priest who has an oversoul and is an ascendant hive, but doesn't have a throne world of his own. Uh, and we come across a couple other powerful hive. A lot of the hive in the court of Oryx are ascendant, like uh, Thalnok would be ascendant hive, but he has no throne world. Although I'd imagine that Thalnok's <laughs> throne world just looks exactly like Crota's. Just tinier. Like slightly yes. bluer. And it has a Crota just... poster on the wall. <laughs> oh man that poor guy <laughs> he's just like sitting on his bed uh staring he's got the crota poster on his ceiling so he lays in bed with his headphones on and looks straight up and just sees crota <laughs> that sounds like a really bad 80s movie <laughs> he's hoping that he's got his, he's le- hoping that, he's got his leg warmers <laughs> he's hoping that crota will appear outside his window with a boom box yeah, throwing rocks <laughs> oh man uh, okay Moving Moving on. (laughs) Question number two from our friend Matt. So, would we be taking Crota's throne world when we gained that power from him? Uh, And no, because we didn't really take the power of ascendancy from Crota. We just took the mask of ascendancy. And besides, we already have access to Crota's throne. We can go in there whenever we want. Uh, I don't know why we'd want to. I mean, unless you want to redecorate, but... (laughs) <laughs> we we can already go there pretty quickly. We can go right. I mean, we can take a header right into the Hellmouth and get there. So, question three: Are we actually ascendant or just artificially? There we go. Ascendinated. Yeah, just artificially. We're we're wearing a mask of ascendancy that tricks the rupture into thinking we're Crota. Uh, there's got to be an element of like space magic there because Eris performs the ritual that extracts Crota's essence and imbues it on us to make us seem ascendant. Like there's. And also, Oryx would obviously know that it's not Crota stepping through the gate, so because he's dead. Uh, 
Well, obviously somebody forgot to disable Crota's exactly. access code. So, <laughs> I feel like Oryx is smarter than that. Well, Thalnock probably gave him his access code. He's like, here, here, brother. <laughs> Let me help you out. Let me hook you up. Love me. Aww. All right, next question. If we are ascendant, what kind of conflict would that present with our own immortality via the light and our ghost ability to revive us from death? So we can't answer that because we're not really ascendant. The only person who could answer that, and this goes to that last question, would be Toland. Uh, Toland became ascend- uh, like really ascendant. Uh, he exists in the ascendant plane. We don't know if he has his ghost or not. We don't know if he's alive or not alive or what his definition of alive even is anymore. Like whether the light's still in him, whether he traded it for something else, we just don't know. Uh, Hopefully we'll learn more when we learn more about Toland. One day. All right. So thanks, Matt, for all the questions. Good, good stuff. Next up we've got from Brayden. I was listening to the most recent Books of Sorrow podcast when something you guys said caught my attention. You were talking about how Oryx can leave some of the host's will when taking them, and there was mention of Xur, the Agent of the Nine, saying, My will is not my own. What if the Nine are the Worm Gods? There are nine chests aboard the Dreadnought, named after these gods. Just want to know your thoughts. Uh, So I said this is possible that there are nine other Worm Gods? Uh, or creatures from a racer that's racer species. Uh, but as for the worm gods we know, there's actually only five. There's Ear, Ur, uh, Yule, Zhol, and Akka. And there's only five chests on the Dreadnought with those names. The other four are Scent, Maggots, Wording, and Gnashing Teeth. So there's only five of those chests with the names. Uh, as for what or who the nine are, we still don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, potentially, could they be gigantic worms that are from the same race or species of the worm gods sure i mean i i guess i mean i would they could just be like dave bob sam doug sally mary (laughs) josie and william i don't know like (laughs) the most boring worm gods ever right (laughs) not like ao yeah (laughs) i Uh, um so yeah. Well, so yeah. So I guess it's we don't we just don't know. We don't know enough about the nine yet yeah. or the worm gods. And if you're wondering what, really. what the chest of wording means, a word W I R D is an Anglo-Saxon concept. It's from their culture that corresponds to fate or a personal destiny. Although uh, word means that there's it's stronger than that because you can't resist it. So guardians make their own fate, but. If you if you if you're ba- yeah you're bound by word, it is what it is. <laughs> nice. All right, our boy Captain Kex uh, from Slack. He asks or says, "Crucible maps and Destiny are sometimes touch sometimes touch on big parts of the lore. Cathedral Dusk, besides being a crappy map, does contain <laughs> <laughs> does contain a lot of interesting stuff." From hive statues to oryx smash plates, it also contains a stone with unique runes on it. What are your thoughts about this map? Hey, we did. We just got a. Somebody just came in from orbit, a crucible master. 
Oh, gosh. I know who this guy is. Do we have to let him in? Is there, like, a way to stop it? He has. He still has Thal- Thalnox Crota's passcode. He can get in. Uh, <laughs> man, Thalnox such a jerk. <laughs> yeah, you guys got to change that thing every week. So uh, Otherwise, I'm just going to keep jumping in here an hour late. Thalnox, Thalnox would forget it every time. <laughs> He's got, like, his his passcode's 1111. <laughs> Well, it's, it's one, like one, scribbled one, one, one. On, on masking tape above the, above the Yeah, it's lock. on the door. <laughs> Everyone uses it. <laughs> Handsome Dragon, what's yeah. up, buddy? Uh, not much. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Getting some questions answered. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. It's fun stuff. Awesome. awesome. What are your, th- what are your now, thoughts on Cathedral of Dusk, Dragon? I, I'm I'm one of... So we've been I've been doing a lot of Iron Banner this week, and uh, it's in the rotation on this, this go-around, and... Every time this map comes in, mean, right? yeah. Every time this comes in, you hear five people from the party. Oh no! <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Bring out my Mida, my sniper. This is it's go time. It's fun. I played. I played earlier, and I swear, out of seven games, six of them were dreadnought maps. <laughs> I was like, can we please yeah. play somewhere with the sun? Well, I think somebody yeah. discovered on Cathedral of Dusk if you spawn in a or c and then you immediately kill yourself at the start of the match you'll spawn closer to b and can capture it faster interesting yeah (laughs) (laughs) might have to try that tonight Uh -uh. but no i I like i like that map it's i love the uh the dreadnought maps just because of the the lore behind them and uh you know just feel just the feeling of playing on the dreadnought just it exhilarates me so yeah. So, and Cathedral Dusk is also it's an interesting location because, I mean, to me it feels more like it was a PVE zone that was repurposed for PvP uh, rather than something that was developed with PvP in mind originally. I mean, just because it's so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Grimoire card for Cathedral Dusk has some weird, contradictory things in it, or not contradictory, just interesting tidbits. Uh, so the first part of that card it says. As soon as the first Guardians penetrated the Dreadnought, Shax's Red Jacks launched a boarding party to Oryx's fortress. By the war's end, they'd fought all the way to the ship's impossible weapon, the Dark Ordinance that obliterated the Awoken fleet. So, this means that the Cathedral of Dusk is sort of where the home of the impossible weapon is, which is weird because we destroyed parts of that weapon at the very beginning of the Taken King, and there was nowhere near the Cathedral of Dusk. But then the card closes with, it was there they found what the warlocks named the Cathedral of Dusk, a hive burial site for what? A former master of Oryx? Comrade? Lover? It was vile, and obvious that Oryx never expected the light to reach so deep inside his throne to such an intimate space. So... There's something buried there, and it's the home of the super weapon. Uh, do we do we want to sort of posit that the super weapon is potentially created by whatever is buried there? Uh, I well, wasn't the wasn't that weapon created by the uh, his daughters? It was. Or is this a different? Well, the mechanisms to fire the weapon were created by the daughters, but the the source okay. of it itself. We don't really know. So yeah, I, for a long true. time, I always thought that this is the, the spawn mother of, of Oryx. So it's Crota's mom is buried here, uh, Ir Anuk and Ir Halox. This is her mother. This is the spawn witch 
Oryx's spawn witch wizard whatever mm -hmm. is buried there <clears throat> but we don't really know uh you know Nocris. yeah Nocris. maybe Nocris is buried there maybe it's the you know in the books of sorrow oryx contemplates returning to the fundament you know maybe he it's a piece of the maybe it's a piece of the osmium king is buried under there yeah <clears throat> alternatively if if the impossible weapon quote-unquote impossible is sort of implying paracausal uh is it possible that like some really powerful aspect of Akka is buried here? We know that Dreadnought is the husk of Akka, or part of him. It, uh, but could this be like Akka's brain or whatever impossible weapon organ <laughs> buried down there? Yeah, I think just like the the comment of you know a former master of Oryx. You know, I this is obviously just even the person writing this is just has no idea really just guessing but just the thought that there might have been a master of oryx yeah is it's like makes it it's kind of exciting to think well about. there was only ever the worm gods so right which then you know is a Aka, yeah Aka, you know it's good that so it's sad i mean so many of the crucible maps have crazy bits of like lore attached to them but then they never really get expanded on uh mm -hmm. what is the it's an earth map, European dead zone. It's not the outside one with the church. It's the other one with the long lane right at the beginning of it. What is that thing called? Oh, uh, starts with an M, isn't it? Yeah, but, it, but it's, got a, it's got a catch in the sky, just like mm -hmm. firing, just and people are firing back. <laughs> like, what is, what is that? Uh, we've talked about Anomaly a lot. Uh you know, Anomaly has some pretty deep ties to the lore. M Memento. Memento, yes. yes uh, I had to say it before whoever was searching for it <laughs> found it. <laughs> I, was, I was right there, too. I was like... <gasps> oh, I uh, Anomaly is a Warmind facility. Uh, mm -hmm. The... Man, the other... Rusted Lands is the... Where the Hive were first encountered on Earth. So, like, there's mm -hmm. a lot of cool... Four things hidden away in, in crucible yeah. maps. First, first light. We had a we had a little a whisper yep. on that a while ago. You know, but that's like, you know, where, you know, we, the, they could see the collapse yep. occurring from first left, first light labs. So it's like there were a lot uh, of cool stuff. There were a couple guys in the fan chat uh, that were using the strategy for setting up sweaties to put together a team just to go lore hunting in crucible. I love that. So they were putting their yeah three on three, everyone on the same page as far as okay, let's go, let's go find some stuff. And I don't I don't know what came of it. I didn't see any any uh, pictures or any posts after that yet. But uh, hopefully they found some good stuff. And I want to get in on that. Yeah, I want to. That'd be fun. Absolutely. So, all right. Next question. I got to read this one because this is from our pal. Um, so this one. So back a while ago, we we were trying to. We thought about doing some of the audio questions to play on the air, and that just we we go. We got a few submissions. This was one of them. Uh, we're not going to play the audio. I don't think we may edit it in, but I doubt it. But this is from one of our friends. Uh, one of the one of the first guys that I met over in the Uprising Clan that I joined, and I think is he's a regular on your raid team, right? Gabble? Yes. Yeah. So, yes. so Gabble Ratchet and, and this guy are pretty, pretty tight. Um, so from Mark, aka so the Dozer House, aka Mendoza. <laughs> and yeah, there's that many A's. My question is about the Ahamkara. 
who or what is Ahamkara? I know we've got the skull for the warlocks and the spine for the hunter and the scale as an artifact, wondering what this is. Is it going to pop up as a future boss in later content? Have we seen Ahamkara in the past? Let me know. And as always, X-Ray, I miss you. Aww. He says that all the time when we're in chat. <laughs> so, just a he's left a piece out here that the uh, the lovely bones, uh, the yeah. the hunter boots. Uh, Ayo. Yeah, bones of Ao. The only yeah, the only hunter boots are also Ahamkara bones. So now those radiant dance machine fanatics are gonna be angry tweeting us. You forgot <laughs> one. You said there's only one. <laughs> only one that matters. <laughs> yeah, Ouch. you're right. There is only one hunter artifact that matters, uh, and it is called Graviton Forfeit. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, yeah. the Ahamkara are wish dragons, like Falcor from Neverending Story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Artax! <laughs> uh, <clears throat> now everybody's thinking about that scene, and everyone's sad. Uh Oh. <laughs> Don't let the sadness. Dear take Ahamkara, you. I wish to not be sad thinking about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh man! As for a boss, I I can't. We can't say either way. Uh, I mean, it's possible, but the Ahamkara have never been overtly hostile towards guardians. So, them like engaging in a boss battle with them would be certainly interesting i mean they're manipulative so but at the same time Mm -hmm. according to the lore we did actually like hunt them all down and murder them into extinction (laughs) uh so who knows Mm -hmm. yeah and they're very uh like they get uh, related to the worm gods a lot because of their the way that they manipulate you know that's okay we'll grant you this wish for something like we're we don't aren't really given what that something yeah. is in the lore, um, but we know that the speaker in the tower, you know, went on the the Ahamkara hunt to uh, eliminate all Ahamkara Ahamkara because the asking price for these wishes it became too too, yeah, too you know, steep too too severe yeah too steep. Uh, but and the biggest the other big connection we have there is the cadence of the way the Ahamkara speak and how some of the worms uh, also speak. So there's definitely mm-hmm. a connection between the two of them. Uh, so whether, whether or not they've been, they're extinct, uh, we don't really know. Uh, personally, I think that is quite ridiculous. Oh, listener of mine. Yeah. Right. And we, we get that. <laughs> is it just the uh, ghost fragment warlock where, you know, the, they say, you know, oh, and they say they are yeah. extinct. And so to me, that kind of sets it that at, this was after the hunt and they were supposed to be extinct and they're still flying around. So, and they're still able to track them down. And that hunter is able to yeah, get a find scale it and from kill somewhere. it. So, yeah. So that to me, like they might not be in given kind of what we know of them being smart and um, sophist- not sophisticated, but just... Um, you know, if they were being hunted to that extent, I'm sure that they wouldn't just be flying around in Venus out where they could be killed. Well, I'm sure we don't have confirmation kinda... that they're actually flying around Venus. Right. Uh, but we but... do have, I mean, the bones of AO, the text description there is defy extinction. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. I think, I think if, if we think they're extinct, it's only because they want us to think that 
not because they actually are. Exactly. Yeah, I th- I think they'll come. I think they'll play a bigger role in the future. Um, whether that's us, you know, going on a mission to maybe find them and get a wish granted, or whether that's us <laughs> trying to track them down to kill them. I wish Who knows? there was more content. <laughs> right. But uh, I, I do think they'll come back at I some point. I wish the Vault of Glass is th- level 41. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope we just get to ride in their backs and throw our arms up in the air. Yeah, and abs- absolutely. <laughs> There's a uh, an old, um, uh, what is it? Uh, from the, I think it's in the art book, the Destiny art book, of like an, the Ahamkara yes. hunt. And it just, that's, you know, whether that's still what they envisioned them looking like or not. It's, you know, it was definitely early in the stage because the ghost was very different than what it was just a sphere. It looked like a, uh, um, what's it called? I'm blanking on it. the, uh, the server. It looked like it just like a mini oh, server. The ghosts, yeah. And so, yeah. The ghost. So there's, it was definitely early in the stages. So whether that's still what they envisioned the Ahamkar looking like or not, you never know. But just as like, I saw that and it's like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, that was, that's pretty intense. And we do know if we ever fight Ahamkara in destiny, Titans aren't invited. Yes. (laughs) That's true. All right. Well, speaking of Ahamkara, let's go to the next one. Mm -hmm. All right. So this one is from, uh, from Jared. And, uh, is this, is this the Jared from our, uh, the fan chat or is this a different I got a, I got a question, I think from Jared from Slack, but this was part of the doc when I got it. So I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, this is from an email, so I think this is either a different Jared or that Jared sent an email as well, and I didn't put the two together. Meh, either way. Cool. All right, no worries. All right, so this is from Jared. It says, uh, the reason for my email is concerning Toland. Is it possible that the reason Toland knows so much about the Hive is because he made a deal with the Ahamkara for knowledge? After realizing what he had done, the Vanguard and Speaker banished him because he would not shut up about it and ordered the Ahamkara hunted down to the point of extinction. These could explain where he got all his all this knowledge, and further explain why the Ahamkara were hunted. Uh, so my answer to this was anything's possible, uh, but from what we know and what we're able to piece together on the timeline, the Great Ahamkara hunt presumably happened prior to Tolan's exile, and before Tolan got sort of famous for being insane. Uh, so it may have contributed to his exile, but I don't think that it was the cause for the great hunt itself. Yeah, I think there's there's always a lot of speculation on both, you know, Tolan and even Osiris. And you know, did they possibly make a deal with the, the Ahamkara to is that you know where they get so much some of their power or knowledge? And it's definitely possible, you know, but that's it's not something we have any any well, really so- leads on. So what is that sitting there on the front of uh, of Tolan's gun? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it looks kind of like a little Ahamkara skull, right? And that would have sort of certainly explain the ridiculous that's, properties of bad juju. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing about the Ahamkara too is they seem to come in a whole bunch of different uh, shapes and sizes. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the the hunter armor the uh, the gloves specifically say young Ahamkara's spine mm-hmm, and right. the warlock helmet is dire Ahamkara's skull. So there could be even different sort of breeds of Ahamkara within that blanket term. Mm-hmm. So, and we've had like bone fragments that exist that 
guardians have come in contact with and so who knows there there's still there's still a big mystery there there are popular but huge mysteries still when it comes to the lore and and what the connections are yep and jivu arath wanting to lock them all in cells <laughs> <laughs> okay well i was hoping we would have beta here for this section but these are rasputin and warmind questions uh, so I'll take this one. This is from Bo, and he says, or she says, uh, in the card Rasputin 4, he alludes to being immortal. I say alludes because he refers to his name, but a name and destiny seems to be a powerful thing. So does that mean the other war minds are still active and out there somewhere? And if they are, what are they doing? Finally, spinfoil hat pulled down real tight. Is it possible there are nine war minds, one for each planet? And are they the nine? Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Uh, so there's a bunch of different questions tied in here. Uh, the first, the first, I'll, I'll ask a question to answer the question, which is what does immortality even mean to an AI? Uh, there certainly could be other active war minds out there. Uh, Rasputin was a war mind of earth. We know that, uh, although his influence goes far beyond earth these days. We also know that Charlemagne was the war mind of Mars. And we talked about in the war mind Rasputin episode that Venus didn't seem to have a war mind. They had to borrow the use of a war mind when they were first exploring the Vex, which sort of insinuates that maybe Mars didn't have one. I mean, not Mars, Venus didn't have one. Uh, and if there was one on Mercury, we lost that when the Vex sort of techno-formed the planet. But that's really scary because if there was a war mind on Mercury, when they techno-formed the planet, it means that the Vex have access to a war mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we don't really know about the Jovian planets. Uh, but this person's correct. There's nine planets in our solar system, so if each one had a war mind, that, that lines up pretty nicely with the nine. But again, Venus probably didn't have one, and Rasputin is still on Earth. So unless Rasputin is part of the nine and not telling us... Not that I think he would. Uh, that sort of that botches the numbers on that. But there's also the possibility yeah. that their moons, like the moons of Jupiter, like Titan or Ganymede or things like that, could have had a warm mind because of their size and the connection to the exos that are out there. So, <clears throat> so I don't think the warm minds are the nine. I think there maybe there is a warm mind among the nine. Uh, you know, if, if a war mind had seen the collapse coming and then sort of sealed itself inside a hardened sort of, you know, war sat frame and shot itself into space and ended up among the other super beings that seem to be out there. But yeah, there's that. So I don't think that, yeah, don't think the nine are war minds, but it could be possible one of them, one of them is, one of the nine is a war mind. Okay. Uh, next is from Azrael QX. Uh, I'll read this one too. My friends think I'm a little bit crazy because at one point I was certain that Rasputin was behind the entire collapse, even more than the grimoire, the grimoire has hinted. When you look at the design of the ghosts and all the tech that Rasputin has in his bunker, pocket infinity sleeper simulant, they all share a similar visual style. This has me absolutely convinced, and I'm not entirely unconvinced that I'm incorrect even now, that Rasputin had stolen something, be it the light or technology or some other form of power, and that it actually was what released the ghosts at the ending of The Traveler. 
Now, I realize it's a potential crackpot theory, but I think I might, there might be something to it. It leads me to my question, though. Do you think that it's possible that something went wrong with those final commands from Rasputin, possibly leading to the genesis of the ghosts and or the sentience granted to the Exo, and that something... Uh, and that something with that attack on or action of the Traveler there surprised Rasputin, and that is what caused him to give the greatest nope the world of destiny has ever seen at that point, caused him to go into hibernation, or what you suspect would have caused him to step back the way that he did. Uh, there's a lot of questions in there. <laughs> All in yeah. one sentence. Uh, okay, so let's go piece by piece here. Uh, Warmind Tech is definitely distinctly styled. Warsats, Pocket Infinity, Sleeper Simulant, the RAS bunkers, the heat sinks, all that stuff. I don't see the ghosts fitting into that aesthetic. <laughs> uh, I mean, unless I'm really overlooking something or not seeing something, the ghosts just don't have the Warmind design style. Like, there's maybe angular shapes, but... You know, and then the the Warmind symbol, which is the sort of sideways diamond with the wings, like, maybe that's a reference to ghosts, but I don't really think so. Uh, <clears throat> so I don't, I don't, I don't buy it on that level. Uh, but we also know that all through the grimoire that Rasputin never acknowledges that the ghost is being his, and in fact does acknowledge that the ghosts are tied to a technology that he doesn't understand. Uh, and that's in Ghost Fragment Rasputin 4, where he says, you know, long dead, alive again, their bodies grafted to powers they and I do not understand. <clears throat> so Rasputin doesn't understand how guardians even exist, or the ghosts, uh, for that matter. So... That he, he knows the ghosts aren't his, so I don't think there's any chance that they they came about via Rasputin. Well, I was going to say that in, in, in some of the other Grimoire, you know, the ghosts uh, have this kind of, of sense of, I don't want to say self-awareness, but they've got personalities, and, and I've talked about this before, they've got personalities and almost like feelings. You get that sense when... Uh, and again, I hate going back to it, but this is when we hear a lot of ghost stuff. When when Yor uh, talks to uh, ghosts on a couple different occasions, they've got these. They're they're really were you know one of them particularly, which we assume to be his own, is worried about him and this path that he's he's going down and this cha these changes that are going on. So I find it hard to believe that Rasputin would have made these AI that were that kind of self-aware and that had essentially feelings um, that could, I don't want to say, you know, deny any commands that he gives them, but it seems like the ghost could, could almost do that. Yeah. Did, I mean, does Rasputin seem like the kind of guy who would have created Fenchurch Everest's ghost? Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if, you know, you need tea or whatever. Yeah, there you or, go. Yeah, you know. But that, again, that's another example, though, because we know that, that Fenchurch's ghost, Neville, was definitely worried about him at that masquerade yeah. <laughs> party, you know, because he's, he didn't want him to be discovered and, and was worried about his safety and stuff like that. So, I mean, again, I guess, you know, yeah. 
super advanced programming in the future could could definitely account for it. I know that somebody will probably think that and say that. Well, but. even if that's the case, that means that Rasputin gave birth to sub AI that believe that they are from the traveler and not from him. Because the ghosts they the ghosts admit to being like the like avatars of the traveler's light. Right, right. So um, as for, so I think we're going with a no. Yeah. <laughs> but but as for why Rasputin stepped back, uh, we covered that in the Warmind episode because he had to. Uh, he had to harden and shut down all his systems. He had to make sure there was no possible access to him because he knew that he was the best chance for the world's survival. Uh, so he couldn't put himself at risk. So that's why he sort of backed off and, and hardened mm-hmm. his systems down, you know. If he had stayed active during that time, who knows what could have found him. So there. So that's that. That's why Rasputin backed off. And, yeah, I think a hard hard no on ghosts being Rasputin tech. All right. So next question comes from our Slack. And, again, this is a guy that I've known for a while. Uh, He is... Infinite Tacos on Xbox uh, on Twitter. He is Sooner Beer Snob. <laughs> oh um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I was gonna say I, I, you gotta. I I didn't know that um, back when I was periscoping on a frequent basis. He'd pop in there. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He acts like he knows me. Well, he did in fact know me. <laughs> we played we played Destiny like every day together. Um, I was there when this guy got his first. Uh, he got his first Galahorn from beating. Omnigool, no, not Omnigool. Sorry, the Death Singer. Uh, that was a pretty, pretty awesome day. It was fun because it was really late in, uh, in, oh, the the Dark Below content. Then he finally got it, and mm-hmm. so it was it was awesome. It was great being there. I love I love moments like that. Yeah. So anyway, he is a good friend of mine, and I think of of the the podcast, and and so he says. How much military advancement was made during the Golden Age? Was it pretty much just left up to the war mines? So kind of did the did the the war mines, I guess, have, you know, the last say in what kind of was being created? Uh well, the Grimoire card Golden Age talks about that a little bit. Uh, and we get other hints from the cards we just talked about, which is uh, Ghost Fragment, Rasputin, and the Grimoire entry for Rasputin, and even some of the old Russia cards. Uh, they specifically mention military personnel, like Chen Lashu, my uh, my squirrel suit girl. Uh, she was, <laughs> she's active military personnel. Apparently the military issues wingsuits to, to their... I don't even know what her position would be. <laughs> old Russia fly-around captain? I don't know. Uh, But we also know there must have been a huge advancement in weapons because uh, Rasputin has access to things like... He has a cadiometric arsenal, uh, the Warsats, Sleeper Simulant, the the Valen Forge. There were certainly huge advancements in weaponry during that time. Uh, But it seems like it was mostly... You know, it seems like all that happened in secret and that the golden age really was a time for like advancement and enlightenment and things of that nature. 
you know, even the that joint mission to discover the traveler way out on Mars was between Russia, China, and the U.S. Sort of like putting political and military differences aside, although they were carrying assault rifles <laughs> out there. Uh, but it seems like that was sort of a it heralded a time of greater greater understanding. Uh, but yeah. Grimoire was it is that Grimoire Rasputin right there? That's uh the Guardian Vanguard hoped that Rasputin might make a powerful ally capable of mapping and reviving Golden Age military assets and recruiting them for the city's defense. So but we also get the sense that a lot of the military stuff was left directly to the war minds to figure out rather than than humans. Although there was human oversight for a lot of it. It seemed like humans were more concerned with getting off of Earth during the Golden Age, like creating insane things like the uh, the fresco that Beta and I talked about a couple episodes ago uh, and getting all these ships into space, like all these colony ships and, and getting to all the different planets and getting to the moons of Jupiter and Saturn and much more exploratory than military. All right. Uh, before we jump into these next questions, uh, we've, we've kind of, Gavel put a lot of these together and did a good job of kind of categorizing them. So we, if you didn't notice, we talked about Rasputin and the Hive and, and Guardians. So we're going to get into the Vex here in a second. Uh, but before we do, I want to give a couple little little nods out again to some of our our listeners that are in our chat and that we talk to on almost a daily basis and a couple in particular and I know I mentioned them before but I have to do it again because they're still creating some amazing content um in the, this is more thank yous it's not a thank you it's a rec <laughs> okay. it's recognition um, <laughs> okay. because okay. there's only one person that got thanked this episode and we're sticking Understood. with that all right so <laughs> sherbet pop and jared b uh they create and they, they draw comics and they do some stuff and you've seen hopefully uh some of the the comics that that sherbet's made for us um that directly tie into these episodes and they are so good and if you saw the april fool's day when she tried to draw me which i was flattered for one <laughs> and it was pretty pretty cool i mean i was i was floored man and it's it's still amazing to see some of this stuff pop up it's it's so great and uh and Jared's making some some really awesome comics that you can find here with us. You can actually, uh, I think with one of the recent updates to the uh, companion app that Bungie has for the iPad, you can go and see um, the, the creations page and look at all that stuff on your, on your iPad now a lot easier uh, than you could before. I think you, you actually had to go into a browser to find that stuff. But I know that that he's got some of his stuff out there on the creations page that he's made, and some really really cool stuff. And actually, I'm, I don't want to spoil anything, but he's got one that uh, drops helped on a little bit that's going to be coming out soon. That is pretty amazing. I can't wait for this thing to to so good. see the light of day. Oh my gosh! Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to to recognize those two. And since we're on the topic of content, you know, we always mention Ishtar Collective. So Baxter. Uh, is in the chat and he's he's kind of the one of the minds behind that the main the main guy behind it but he's got a few other people that we also have in our chat that work with him uh, they were featured on the community focus from Bungie um, a little while back so uh, go back and read that it's a pretty pretty 
cool interview to read. Uh, he's a he's a super smart and an amazing person. So check that out. Uh, also, uh, Kexen, Captain Kex, who we mentioned earlier, still plugging away on his Lorg chart, which is massive and huge and still blows my mind whenever I, I see anything that he posts from that. It's so, so amazing, the connections and, and just everything that, that are there. So I just want to thank them for being a part of our community and listening to us and, and, Oh God! I said thanks. No, no, uh, no! Don't thanks. No, I didn't. No, we're gonna edit that out. It's not. No, no, yeah, we are. It's it's only one thank you, and and he deserves it more than anyone because he's our first disgruntled listener, (laughs) like majorly disgruntled. Um, So, if I keep on about him, though, we might actually lose him. I hope we don't, though. So, all right, moving on to the vex. This question we have now is from Tanner question for the podcast or maybe just here just here it must have come from the chat maybe um how necessary is it the vault of glass how necessary is the vault of glass to the guardian story could another fire team have done it and overall and the overall storyline stay relatively the same oh it's it's okay so is the vault of glass necessary to our guardian so our specific character and the and the storyline and uh, so if someone else would have done it, I'm trying to figure out how this, what do you guys think? I'm kind of, this one kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop. I think. Well, so this, this question also buffers up against the, is there only one guardian or what makes our guardian unique? Like this is, this, it, it's right up against like, like the, this is a game, like the gameplay compromise that has to exist. Yeah. yeah. Which is. It's every story being told is the story of our guardian. Uh, you know, sh- unless it's, you know, explicitly mentioned otherwise, but anything you experience in the game uh, is happening canonically to your guardian, and you are the guardian that's doing it. So, I mean, I guess theoretically it could be argued that every single guardian is their own instance of time and space but i don't know uh i was just gonna say that my mind was blown because then in a raid yeah we're actually fighting in six different timelines again oh my god i'm not even so it's too but with that out of the way with the assumption that you have run through the vault of glass and your guardian has experienced that is that essential to their character growth i think we'll all agree that yes it is hugely important and very essential. Uh, because we know another fire team did try. Kaber's fire team tried and failed. But their failure allowed our guardians to succeed. Uh, more importantly, though, the Vault of Glass is the first time we as guardians are faced with something that is overwhelmingly more powerful than us. Like a magnitude of order greater than anything that you experience in this story. It's like, oh yeah, we went down and we we fought some Hive and then we fought some Vex and oh no, we killed a Gate Lord and then we went to the Reef and, well, not in that order, but... And then we went to the Black Garden. Oh, the Black Garden. And we killed a bunch of Vex in the Black Garden. Okay, not, none of that compares to what is going on in the Vault. Uh, because the Vault is every second that we are in the Vault... Uh, we are 
fighting for our existence, you know, against like chrono paracausal weapons here. Uh, we have to constantly prove and define our own time and place in the nexus of realities <laughs> to avoid being erased from it altogether. Like, uh, and even now, like, you know, guardians make their own fate comes from the vault of glass. And that's still relevant today. Uh, and given everything that's happened so far with the Taken King, with like sword logic, ascendant realms, Oryx's will and taking, uh, even the paradox mission that we encounter, the reason why we're able to do this is because guardians make their own fate. They, it's, it'll always be relevant. Uh, and the vault's just awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. So is anyone else is anyone else hoping that uh, since we're seeing kind of a a reboot of Prison of Elders that we'll get you know a reboot of the Vault and maybe even the Dark Below? I yes and no. Like I don't think there's any like long term player of Destiny who's going to be like, no, I don't want to play the Vault of Glass and get a revamped Fatebringer or revamped Trial or Vault of Glass Cure. I think just the raid itself was a blast. Like, I don't think there's anyone's going to say, I don't want to play that again. But at the same time, like if it's like, and I think one of, I think Lars and some of the other, one of the other designers were talking about it on Crucible Radio. It's like, you know, we are, we're kind of given a choice. We could either, yeah, bring back this awesome content that we had in year one or bring back this awesome, these awesome weapons we had in year one or work on new content. Well, and, so, and I think it's telling, like, yeah, sure, we're we're going back into the Prison of Elders in a couple weeks, but they gave us a reason to. Mm-hmm, exactly. What's the reason to raise the, you know, difficulty level of the Vaulted Glass? I get that. I mean, I get that. I just feel, I guess I feel bad for people that picked up Destiny at the Taken King that missed that fun content. Missed it being... It's still missed, super fun. Missed it being mm-hmm. fun, challenging content. You know, some of the best times I had there there in the vault were failing miserably over the course of two or three or four hours you know it wasn't you know you go in now Mm -hmm. and play and it's fun it's definitely fun but i think it's more fun for me because i know what it used to be like if i took someone else in there who's like i've never done vault of glass and you just buzz right through it it's like man you just do not understand what this guy was like yeah you know Mm -hmm. it was not it was not this easy fight it wasn't this this okay, one round sleeper stimulant, and you're done. <laughs> Simulant, stimulant. <laughs> Poor oh, you know what it's I mean? So fun, it's, it's, yeah. it's, I yeah, just, I get, I get it. I just, I think with the franchise, though, like it, with it, their hopes of it being a 10 year franchise, like there comes a point when if we jump, if you jump in, you're not going to be able to grasp the entire, you know, concept of the game. Like, you're like, how long can they keep revamping Vault of Glass? Well, if you I know. if I bought into World of Warcraft right now, would I play the original raids? I'm asking that question because I've never played World of Warcraft. I, just I've never played it, but I've listening to I believe what Holtzman says on Planet Destiny. Like it's it's kind of the same thing how it is now. It's available, but you're gonna be totally overpowered. You know, Twenty levels over things like that. It's like so it's kind of the same things from right. what I've picked up in conversations. It's funny. Yeah, I get- uh, in Final Fantasy XI, the original game uh, and the original expansion, Rise of the Zillert the end sort of end game area was the zone called uh sky but even after like five expansions later everybody was still in the sky because it was 
super challenging even at the max level it was super mm-hmm. challenging there was items there that they were always important to get uh it was on farm status for a lot of the more powerful link shells but there were always people mm-hmm. up there always 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 nice yeah so i yeah, mean so I, I think I, it kind of hits both sides yeah i, I so, get it i mean i understand that that you know sometimes you just finally gotta let it go um but it, again i just i i guess i had so much fun showing new people how to raid mm-hmm. i'm sure gavel did gavel was the the biggest sherpa in town <laughs> when i started playing i mean this guy you know running newbies through all these different different uh raids yeah. on a regular basis is just yeah I'll, I'll put, if they if they announce that they're revamping it i'm not going to be upset but if they say oh yeah yeah we're going to give you vault of glass but you're going to have to wait another two months to get the new raid then i'll be like okay wait a minute <laughs> that's when that's yeah, when i'm like no i'd rather have the new content all right okay i'll drop it um <laughs> next up oh he's back the guy that hates that chick from Oh, the no, Hunger Games' the sister. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Prim, Prim slash Prime hate. Prim hate. <laughs> if Osiris was lost in the Vex networks, but had figured out a way of instancing himself and using the network, would it be possible for him to also use the network to search for the timelines where the light wins out over the darkness? Or would it simply be confined with our specific timeline? So this question is in reference to a statement that I made about the potential for Osiris to learn how the Vex instance themselves across different sides of a gate and then do it himself. Uh, I threw this out, I think, when I was on Guardian Radio, uh, when I was having a conversation with Bife over there about, you know, what is the state of Osiris at the moment. Uh, and this is this turns into like a weird timey, time-loopy question, but also... It comes with understanding what the Vault of Glass is. So uh, this seems like what the Exo Stranger is trying to do with, like, the device. Uh, Beta's favorite thing in the entire game. Uh, (laughs) And this is a huge if. So if Osiris found the gate that leads to the Vault of Glass, and I once posited that if you have this entire Vex gate network, that the vault must be an enormous node on the network. So a lot of gates probably lead there. Uh, it's possible that he could explore other divergent timelines uh, where the light conquers the darkness. Uh, But only if the gates allow a look at the future of those realities, uh, as the victory may not necessarily have occurred yet. So it's worth the Vex themselves were never able to find an outcome where they were not taken by Oryx. Like that's super important. Uh, so if Osiris was in the network, seeing what the Vex saw, he also never would have saw a reality where the Vex did not fall to the taken. Uh, and part of this is because the Vex never escape the reality of the Taken until the Guardians become involved, and it's the Guardians' own paracausal nature, the Vex can only see the pattern, right? Uh, Right. So, because a Guardian exists outside of the pattern, the Vex can never anticipate how a Guardian could affect the past or the future. So... Mm -hmm. Well, it goes back to what you're 
just said before, you know, guardians make yeah. their own fate. Like the Vex can't simulate what is going to happen because they can't simulate what we are going to do or what actions we are going yeah. to have. So they can't, there's no gate that points to a future where the light defeats the darkness sort of directly or indirectly because the Vex have no way of knowing how the light will affect the pattern. So, so that's my, that's my take on Osiris bouncing around the gates uh, is that he could only see what the, the Vex see and the Vex never saw anything but themselves being taken by the darkness. Nice. And the next question goes right into this. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go for this one. It just says, uh, if the Vex are masters of time and they can see all possibilities, couldn't they see the destruction of Atheon? Why didn't they do anything to stop it? <clears throat> so, and this is from Davis Chap from our Slack chat. Uh, and that's a, almost the exact same answer as the previous one. Uh, you know, the Vex only see the pattern. They only see realities and timelines that exist within the parameters of all known variables. <laughs> and Guardians exist in a paracausal state <laughs> that mm-hmm. the Vex can't predict them as a variable. So they have no way of knowing what kind of effect we will have on any timeline. Uh, so they, they couldn't. They couldn't see the destruction of Atheon coming because they didn't know the effect a Guardian could have on the Vault. And then once we already destroyed him, it's too late. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the possibility exists that since the vault is the nexus of all these timelines, we only destroyed a single instance of Atheon. Uh, but also posit that maybe the Vex greater minds think that that's an acceptable loss. Like maybe the, mm. the Vex greater minds saw the loss of Atheon, but used that as a way for them to study the guardians maybe that was like that was the trade-off <clears throat> so there we go so who, i mean again who knows uh really but it seems like guardians are always the wild card when it comes to the vex they they can't simulate us they can't predict us they don't know how we affect the pattern they can't tell how we're going to affect anything that they've built so they're limited in their view of of what we can do or how we can affect them. All right. Next up from Monster318 from our Slack and also from our uh, our clan that uh, Gavel and, and Handsome Dragon and Beta and I are in. Uh, since we don't know the Exo Stranger's real name, do we have an idea of how many times she has been reset slash wiped, memory wiped? By the way, hi, X-Ray. <laughs> well, hi, Monster. <laughs> I like how you read both questions that, that mentioned you. Right. <laughs> oh, well. And and uh, I can take the answer on this one, too. Um, <laughs> not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that question. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Next. I mean, well, how did that one even make it in here, though, if it doesn't have an answer and if you're so, like, jealous that he says hi to me? <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, if it came from Slack, it means I probably stuck it in here. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well. There you go. All right. I mean, unless her name is Exo Stranger and she's never been reset, 
maybe zero so yeah but that'd be a terrible that would be name. A terrible name <laughs> the worst name ever <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure beta has some theory on it but who he's not here he can't beta oh that, who no that guy <laughs> there's a we have a question referencing yes. this later oh really we'll oh, okay it. okay well let's uh let's keep moving on uh next question from josh sosa from our slack he says would you like to see more grimoire cards for guns along with the along the lines of thorn and last word the first curse is the next obvious one but i think but i think seeing grimoire for galahorn necrochasm sleeper simulant just to name a few and probably the easiest to give us stories to um yeah absolutely that's one of the things we get asked a ton is can you do some gun lore well there's not a lot of it i mean there are there's obviously some uh you know the i guess the year one exotics that you had to do the quests for or i guess the the not mm-hmm. quests the um the, bounty. the yeah. bounties for yeah those have a little more of a, a story backing them up and the exotics have i mean they all have cards and some quotes and stuff but not necessarily a, a long drawn out story like the thorn and last word. Uh, but yeah, that'd be fun to me. I I would love to see stuff like that. Even, even more, uh, not just the guns, but the armor. I think that'd be fun mm-hmm. to, to know more about. Uh, we get a little bit about some of it, you know, obviously some of the Ahamkara stuff, uh, would be, would be cool to know about and who made it and why they made it and how they, you know, is it influencing our, our guardians, uh, more so than, than is led on just through the perks. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm a, I'm on the, the, the fence of saying, or on the side of the fence that says, yes, I want more of that stuff. That would be amazing. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to get a car, uh, kind of a backstory of red death. You know, we know it's, you know, tower is not very fond of it. Um, it, a guardian killer and it's got this kind of ominous design and this perk that seems to be kind of based off of the Soros regime perk but better you know it doesn't just where Soros is has a chance to restore your health this is you know every kill you get gives you health essentially a lifesteal perk on the gun it's like I'd love to know where this gun came from you know where who created it and we've had well (laughs) and we've had some (laughs) Some of these guns do have lore. It's just not in their grimoire. Like, right. Yallerhorn definitely has a story behind it, you know, crafted by uh, the guys behind Crux Lomar after Twilight Gap. Sleeper Simulant comes from the Devalen Forge, which is Rasputin. Uh, Mita Multitool doesn't really have a story behind it. You could, if you wanted to tie it uh, back to... Uh, Durandal and Marathon, you you could, but but yeah, some of the, like yeah, Red Death's a great one too. I'd love to know the story behind it. It's like the vampire pulse rifle, Universal Remote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Universal Remote's you know a good one. Has I think has nothing. Um, what else? I mean, there's there's quite a few. Yeah. Oh well, no land beyond. What's no that? No land beyond. Oh no land beyond. No land beyond. What's our what's our uh, sniper that's coming back? Um, the, patience uh, and time. Patience and time. Patience and time. Yeah, I mean that that name alone, um, to me, kind of insinuates something with with possibly the Vex or, or something around that line, just because of the time reference. No, and, no, and it's 
Yeah. It's purely, yes. <laughs> yes. It's purely a grounded. <laughs> I miss patience and time just because of the sound the gun makes. That was good. That was a good. I remember shot, once, yeah. way back, I it's one of my earlier exotics, uh, and I was playing with my clan, and we we're doing the Sepius Prime strike, and I was standing shooting at the tank, and I fired like three shots, and my brother says to me, "What?" sniper rifle are you using i'm like oh patience and time he's like it sounds like you're firing an anti-aircraft gun (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i love i'm a huge i love patience and time i love the way it handles all the way it feels all the way it sounds so i'm excited to get that one back but yeah i mean there there's room here Uh, i'd like to see them tied into the story a bit more uh like pocket infinity has a story behind it but a lot of them don't. So, mm-hmm. super good advice has good stories. Yeah, super good advice has yep. some lore behind it. Uh, <clears throat> Truth doesn't. Uh, other than the fact that it looks a little bit like a giant video camera. So, what are our thoughts on doing an exotic weapon episode? Do we think we have enough? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> enough to do it. But um, is it going to? give our listeners some value yeah do people well, want to hear that let us know let us know if you want to hear yeah. it. yeah and not just weapons like exotic armor too because there's yeah, some... just an exotics episode that'd be that'd be cool so all right let's uh let's carry on oh this one says that someone specifically wants to read this or needs to read this so no i'll take this one it's uh from in on pig and slack and uh he says what do you think is the biggest threat to us in the near future in each of your own opinions Fallen, Cabal, Vex, Hive, Unknown Player. So, uh, X-Ray, what do you, wh- who do you think is the the biggest threat? The biggest you start off? threat. Um, man, I, uh, who knows? I mean, I think that we're gonna get a pretty big fight on our hands from the from the Cabal uh, soon, um, just because of the way. That was kind of left after you beat the brothers, after you beat the the shield brothers. Um, <clears throat> you know there was this, there was I guess the the you know the insinuation that once once they the high command kind of finds out that that they're gone, that uh, they're going to be sending somebody our way, which would be pretty awesome to to meet some more of those mm-hmm. guys. So <laughs> bigger space <Yeah>. turtle, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Well, there's why do you need a tank on a ship? Well, there's the mission. Uh... Outward, was outward bound or outward bound signal or something like that. Outbound, outbound signal. signal. There we I go. Think. Home, yeah. Homeward bound signal. Uh, <laughs> yes. That spe- yeah, specifically references that the uh, the signal was a callback to the, the Cabal High Command. Uh, right. It, I mean, it might not be the next the next uh, big, you know installment into to destiny but i think that that'll be a, a big i think it'll turn into a big story and that'll be a big uh a big threat because now they're because wasn't there something else that referenced uh that that they really didn't care that we were there until they or they they cared that we were there because they wanted to learn how to how to kill us or something yeah, or, that's or what, what the that? cabal were trying to learn from the hive was how to kill a guardian yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so so i mean obviously they see something in us that they want to find out or they want to know more about. So if yeah. they, well, they could, they didn't know how to kill us. They tried and tried and we guardians kept reviving yeah. and the 
like dancing on the dead cabal bodies. <laughs> well, it's crazy. Like, so the cabal are really unique where the fallen or the elixni were once sort of heralded by the traveler. The hive have sought the traveler out. The vex encountered humans during the golden age, but the cabal are just like dudes from space. Like there's no history with us uh, before they, we encountered each other on Mars. So you know, we have no concept mm-hmm. of what they could. I mean, they blow up what planets and moons just for getting in their way. So, yeah, I'm hoping that if if D two really is next gen only, that that will allow Bungie to make whatever the Cabal bring to us enormous. <laughs> just yeah, like make make the dreadnought look like a tomb ship in comparison. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I would. I would. I mean, if I, if I'm looking at Destiny, the ten year story, I'm going to say the biggest threat to us is probably something we have no idea about, right? But mm-hmm. looking at what we do know, I would think the Vex. Now that we have solved their paradox problem and they can actually worry about killing us again, <laughs> mm-hmm. are uh, <laughs> probably not going to be very good friends with us in the near future. Yeah, I'm the kind of the same way. I think probably. Destiny 2, it'll probably be, I'm guessing, Cabal. But that my my guess is that the expansion at the end of this year will be Vex-related. Um, just just given the uh, the commentary from the, the Predith mission where it's like, yeah, we basically saved them and it's like, nope, they'll just dis- they'll dis- destroy the tower yeah. and won't even care. <laughs> and, and the whole, the no time to explain mm-hmm. uh, flavor text soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree though. I think you know, in the grand scheme of the of the franchise, I think the the biggest threat to us is as yet to be seen. Anyone else want to chime in here? Or are we gonna well, origi- move originally? On to... I was gonna say I think the biggest threat is a non-pig. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the biggest threat to our sanity. But then Gab- after listening to but... Gabble's answer, I thought maybe the biggest threat to us is Activision's budgets. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, <ouch>. or <laughs> the biggest threat to us is PlayStation exclusives uh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> or the slippery pay to win yeah. slope that they're on uh, hey now there's no pay oh, not yet I said the slippery yet. slope yeah. they're, they're close the biggest threat they're to close. us is Eververse uh, <laughs> <laughs> well so, so Savathun and Jivu Arath are still out there somewhere the worm gods are all mm-hmm. still out there somewhere the Vex Greater Minds are still out there somewhere. The Cabal, the Nine, the Cabal those. High Command is still out there somewhere. Uh, the Nine's the nine out there. Is we out know there. that even the Queen was kind of maybe not afraid of them, but definitely yeah. kind of feared them or respected them enough to not want to piss I, them off. I do off. think <laughs> though that one of the biggest threats facing us in game could be uh, each other. Uh, and I think if Osiris comes back and makes a really, really strong argument, you have a chance to sort of cut Guardians down the middle with the ones who are still loyal to the Vanguard and the Tower and Protection, and mm-hmm. the ones who are loyal to Osiris, who could be like, hey, I got some crazy other mission we need to go on, and, and here's what I think is important. 
So a split between followers of Osiris and followers of the speaker, or even not even the speaker, even the vanguard. Like if you had to make a choice mm-hmm. between Osiris and Cade. <laughs> uh, yeah, who do you? <laughs> like who do you? Like That's Cade's your buddy, man. Like I don't want to. I don't want to get in a fight against Cade just because Osiris says so. But at the same time, mm-hmm. Osiris has proven himself to be really smart, and he knows a lot about what's going mm-hmm. on past you know the sort of narrow field of vision we have right now. So. Right. At the yeah. end of the day, the Vanguard is just a political yeah. entity, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not really the end-all, be-all of the Traveler. It's just people yeah. in charge. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the, that's the direction that I, I hope Destiny 2 goes, where you're faced with questions like that. It's like, okay, Osiris is here saying, you've proven yourself in the Trials of Osiris. You'll come with me. And it's like, okay, do you go with him, or do you say, uh, no, we're going gonna, gonna to stick with yeah. Ikora. I'm going to so with all those, let me see if I get this straight. With all those big names that we just named that are still out there, are you saying that in the almost two years that we've been doing this, we haven't even made a dent? Oh, not even. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, not even. I think I'll. I, yeah. Oryx yeah, Oryx is maybe a dent in the universe. Uh, but Oryx is like, you know, like a, a, a pinprick compared to what the worm gods are capable of. I, I mean, mm-hmm. the worm, the these tiny <laughs> little worms that came from the worm gods created all of the hive. What if the? I mean, what if like any of these worm gods come floating by and just decide to like affect paracausal chaos on everything? Like, right. well, you know, he created the dreadnought out of, you know, out of the worm yeah. god he killed. Like, <laughs> think of how massive that so, ship is. I mean, the Ahamkar are out there. They can grant wishes, and I mean, it's like who? There's so many threats. It's Toland. Who knows what no, he's doing? No, I'm. You'll never be able to. You'll <laughs> never be able to convince me that Toland is a threat to the Guardians. Like I, he is, he's a good guy. He's a little I, crazy. I think he is. But. Yeah, I think he has his motives, and I think if the Guardians get in the way of those motives, like if I, if the speaker <laughs> says, "Okay, Toland is going crazy on the moon, and he's doing X, Y, Z, take him out." I think Tolan it will do whatever it takes to eliminate us. Well, Tolan wasn't such a good guy to Ariana. Right, but <laughs> at the same time, Toland has been helping us out through the entire defeat of Oryx. So, yeah, you know, Ari- Ariana three could have been one small egg for a much bigger omelet. So, yeah, I, I, I see it similar to Osiris. I think you know, I think uh, Osiris is going to do what he's doing because he feels it's for the. Yeah. the best you know best way i think toland is the same whether that aligns with us specifically or whether it aligns with the tower i think there may be a choice in the future the greater good conflicting yep. ideologies that's the biggest threat now that mm-hmm. i said the greater good all i can think of is <laughs> the a, greater good all i can think of Pop guardians pose. with a great big bushy beard yeah <laughs> great big bushy beard <laughs> i got one thing you'll never have as a guardian <laughs> what what's that um it's the, the greatest threat the greatest th- threat in the near future the inability to change how our guardians look <laughs> <laughs> what's what's it's the actor he's the like the english actor he did like the Shaun of the dead what's his name well uh, uh peg simon peg peg yeah he there's that other movie he were uh he's like the cop in the small town that's what yeah no that's yeah that's exactly yeah, what we're talking about yeah. From. <laughs> yeah it's like I mean, anytime anyone says you know the greater good my wife whispers the greater good <laughs> <laughs> yep 
<laughs> yep, yep. All right, let's move on to, I guess, what is our last question on our list here. Yeah. But The most serious the question one. of all. Um, yeah. from, and this is from our Slack uh, listener chat that you can join if you want to email us at destinyghoststories at gmail.com. Um, like that plug there. Uh, but it's from Captain Kex. <laughs> and he says, Who is Beta Chieftain, and how does he fit into the DGS lore? Is he like Praetith, lost in another time and space? Only fragments of him remain in our realm. He is perhaps another division in another division of existence. Um, I don't know who wants to take this. I think uh, Drop. Let's, let's let you take this one. What do you think? His name was Beta. He wasn't my friend, but I knew and respected him as a guardian and a good man. Uh, but Beta has destroyed himself to do this. We've taken his ghost. We are in his blood and brain. But now there is hope. Now it is done. If he speaks again, he is not Beta. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is no... Beta does not fit into the DGS lore. Uh, we don't even know who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> we might have to shift timelines if we want to discover that yes. information. There is no Gorgons near me, I promise. <laughs> if there were you'd stab them with <laughs> that's <your> right <laughs> beta chieftain we love you and we miss you we do mm-hmm. big jerk <laughs> um <laughs> no, nobody can open a podcast alone <laughs> <laughs> all right well um i don't know do we have anything else we want to want to discuss before we bring this one to a close it's been a been another great fan question episode i've had fun doing this i love doing these are great yeah we get some I just want to say that I've been chilling in the tower this whole time and everybody left and I was in it all alone by myself for a little while. And then one guardian zoned in and he had the greatest name ever. His name was Merck Wahlberg. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is awesome. <laughs> I, I just wanted to send a message that said, hey there, Merky Merck. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Merky Merck. <laughs> oh man, what would his bunch be? Every every once in a while, man, I come across people who have the greatest usernames, and I've I always wonder to myself what was going through your head when you first turned your Xbox on, and it said, "Please create a screen name," and you sat there for a second, and then you came up with the most like ridiculous pun name you could think of, and I wonder like if people who were signed on like Xbox Live like ten years ago. Do they regret the weird name they chose, or do they keep it because it's like some inside joke? Or I mean, some of them are just so creative. And then when you see them floating above the head of a guardian who's like jumping and shooting three sixties and throwing grenades at people, and you're like, <laughs> "Oh, uh, awesome job, like Captain Clownfart! You're really, you really took it to those guys." Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, shout out to Mighty Meatbat, and he knows who he is. <laughs> and some people here know who he is too. But we'll just. Leave it at that. Yeah, well, one of, one of my favorites from our the Uprising Clan is a uh, Fluffy McKickass, <laughs> and it's just that's a name I like. I love when he's on my team because it's just like I can call out his name the entire time. And I, I would hate to be killed by a Fluffy McKickass. And he will kill you too. He's got some <laughs> skills. Probably the the name that sticks out the most to me is this is back from the Halo days was just a random that I played with whose name was a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> And so, just for some reason, for me, that just seeing that in the, in the feed of so and so was killed by a ham sandwich. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember in the uh, the so good old good. land days, and you would 
get a party and we'd have everyone bring up over TVs and their Xbox and play Halo 1. And I, it would always take like 30 minutes for the first match because everyone's making these, their characters and everyone's making names. It's like, I remember I had one. It was like a rabid duck. And so he'd been killed by a rabid <laughs> duck. And then we'd play three rounds and we'd be like, okay, we got to change names. And then be like, we just, like we spent more time probably creating names trying to be funny than we did actually playing Halo. But Well, there's a great good video somewhere of two people meeting in the crucible who had the names like uh queen mara sov and petra venge oh yes I yeah saw this like video. petra like comes around the corner and shotguns mara sov in one hit and then drops to her knees like it was like the perfect combination of factors that are like one in a million chance so good that's awesome that was a good really good. keep it up keep making creative names guardians we love it see now i wonder how many people so you know, because on Xbox you can change your name uh, for a small price. It's like $10 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Makes you wonder how many people, like, change their name to be relevant to the mm-hmm. game they're playing for that time. I mean, they have to. it has to happen because there's so many names that, that you know, you don't start a new. There's no way people start brand new accounts uh, every time. So I'd be curious. I'd be curious what the, the most that one person has spent to change their names over the course of their <laughs> Xbox account. That'd be, I'm that's sure you my probably stat. don't want, I want to know the answer. To that. Oh, I'm sure I don't. <laughs> I'm sure that I don't. Depressing. Every time Iron but, Banner comes around, you change your name to Lord Saladin. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's, yeah. It's amazing. Now, now I want to change mine to Lord Salad, man. Do it. I'm, it's taken. <laughs> I guarantee that's taken. Please don't do it. Uh, I was like, I, I won't play with you anymore if you do that. <laughs> I'm usually snoring by the time you play anyway. <laughs> it's very true. So, all right. Well, I think this one has run its course. It's yeah. been, a, like I said, a good episode. We are going to be chiming in right around, I don't know, hour and a half? No, we we're, closer we're to, right at oh, close to two right hours. Two. Yeah, yeah. So this will be a fun one. Hopefully it will, um, you know, make some type of amends with those who were not happy with our most recent oh. April Fool's Day episode. You, you say uh, we very liberally here. Uh, I, you guys didn't he did stop me. your name. You guys didn't stop me. Wow, an, ex- I mean, an Xbox Live search shows nobody by the name Lord Salad Man. Oof. See, I Uh-oh. found one if you put a space between Lord Uh-oh. and Salad Man, but he has zero friends and zero followers. Jerk. What's much like Salad <laughs> Oh. Right. Oh, burn. Wow. Poor guy. I want to see Lord Saladman take on Mr. Fruit in the Crucible. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. There is no Lord Saladman without the space. So that's a weird thing with Xbox, though. The space actually matters. uh, Or or it doesn't matter. It's not considered um, one of the characters. So you could not have the same exact name with a random space in it. Like, you can't, like, there's not an X-Ray 441 without a space, but I cannot change my name to it without a space. It's not, it doesn't exist because I've already got it with the space. Hmm. It's not, yeah, it's it's kind of strange, but I, I promise you that's a thing. <laughs> hmm. mm. Interesting. Yes. Yes, because trust me, I tried to get just X-Ray without a number, and I'm like, well, if I just put spaces in here, it'll work. No, it doesn't work. Interesting. Hmm. And I know you don't believe me by the way you keep saying interesting, but I promise it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. What a great show. 
thank you for tuning in. Oh, I said thanks, didn't I? You just thanked everyone. <laughs> thanked on <Earth>. everyone. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry. I ruined the whole, you know, singular <laughs> thank you for this episode. But it's like, it's my nature. I got to thank X-ray, people. X-Ray, I think you should change your Xbox Live name to thank you, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> X-Ray thanks all. <laughs> you were killed by <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> That's probably taken. Um, all the good names are gone. Well, no, no, they're not. But the ones that I always think of are gone, usually. I guess I'm not that creative. So, All right. Man. Well, I'm, wait, oh, well I'm on Xbox Live right now looking up gamer tag <laughs> so that's can, what I'm well doing. no but now my friends list is up and i can see beta playing the division oh he just oh. yeah but he couldn't come record with us we gotta think of something bad that's gonna happen to that guy <laughs> we should just tell him that we did the uh, rasputin episode hmm like up, oh, you missed it. No, we should. Uh, no, we should. you know what? No, we will do the Rasputin episode without him. <laughs> that'll just that'll be go. perfect. Or, or we should get as many people as we can from our fan chat to join the division. Uh, then we'll all form hunting teams <laughs> and wait for Beta to enter the darkness zone and just mercilessly hunt him down. <laughs> just grief Beta. <laughs> I can get on board with that. Beta, we love you. We know you're editing this episode. Yeah. maybe hopefully the longest <laughs> outro of any episode ever hopefully he's editing it i don't think you want me doing it i edited the last one hey but i did uh i did put a a fancy little sound effect to cover up a curse word that someone had in their twitter description <laughs> blam. blam blam so that was fun i had fun uh <laughs> i had fun making that episode it definitely was a weird hour as i'm reading through that there was a lot of of <laughs> There was a lot of me having to delete stuff that I said or that I <laughs> or or that just was like oh it was it was so strange uh, but yeah if you want a fun experience go read Twitter followers for uh for an hour straight and see what happens it's it's interesting and then uh who was it uh Holden Court sent a text or a text a Twitter message to me today because I mentioned, oh, what's that? I mentioned uh, some type of, of, oh, it's like a model, like a like this Japanese kind of mech model creation um, or building that's called, what the hell was that called? It was called... Um, Metroplex. Oh, oh, oh. No, it's... Uh, Fortress it's, Maximus. I don't even know those what those words are <laughs> that you're saying. Um <laughs> Gun Gundam, Gundam. which Gundam? Oh, I don't have any idea. I learned about it when I was re. Maybe you should listen to the April Fool's Gundam episode. Wing. You'll know what I'm talking Turn about. Turn a Gundam. See, I didn't know anything about that. And like in the middle of the episode, I had to Google it. And then you've I never watched gave, like, any Gundam? Whole... No, dude. Wow. I'm old, man. So am I. I'm older than you are. No, you're not. I'm 38. Oh, no, I'm 37. I'll be 39 in June. Yes. But no, I didn't. Finally I didn't a watch group any. Of people where I'm not the oldest. This is great, man. What's that? I'm not the oldest. That I'm finally, finally, I am finally in a group of people where I'm not the oldest. Yeah, this is great. I'm the old man of the, Thanks, of the group. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know Gundam, oh. and I didn't know the Gundam model makers. But he sent me this picture, and I'm curious now because I'm seeing this this picture that he sent. It's on Twitter. Um, 
again, holding court, and it's got this, it's called, uh, is it Unicorn? Gundam no. Unicorn? Yeah, there's such a thing. Unicorn, yeah, Unicorn Gundam. Well, there's a difference. Okay, so there's there's Gundam Unicorn, which is a series, but then in Mobile Fighter G Gundam, Master Asia rides a mech horse that has a horn that could technically be a Unicorn Gundam. So are these are these are these models or are these frames like thousands of dollars? Some of them are. It's a because yeah. he's he sent me this picture and it's got this. It says Unicorn Gundam full something O frame prototype something suit, and it's got a price tag of twelve fifty on it. Wow. Yeah, and there's one next to it. It's a uh, what is it? It's MBF P zero two Gundam Astray Red Frame. It's like thirteen thirty five. It's like holy cow, that's some Yeah. That's crazy. I mean they're they're so cool looking though. It's awesome. Yeah, these are probably to... from the, the actual show Gundam Unicorn, not Unicorn Gundam. If you've never watched Mobile Fighter G Gundam, it's hilarious. <laughs> there are there's like a windmill Gundam and a fish Gundam and it's the most ridiculous show. Uh now I've got to watch it. I'm going to have to hit up Holden Court to give me some so info. so funny, yeah. Or you, I guess, apparently. I love G Gundam. I watch it at least once a year just because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Well, now that I go off on another tangent, should we? Yeah, one of my favorite things about that episode X-Ray was how you would occasionally just kind of like stop and act like you were listening to one of us speak <laughs> and then like answer some <laughs> question that wasn't asked yeah. <laughs> i loved us it made me laugh yeah we I... yeah i talked about that a little <laughs> bit early on before you got on and, and man that was so much fun see it getting all the yes. just every time and just so you know if you're somebody that that mentioned that our audio was broken or they could only hear x-ray or something like that we were posting those those pictures fast and furiously <laughs> we in our in our admin that. channel awesome. that we have yeah. Because oh, it was so good. We're like, here's another one. <laughs> yeah, was... you, you may have mentioned this already. But I love the today. There was the comments like, I just realized that that was uh, April Fools. <laughs> so uh... <laughs> yeah, we need to go out and, and update that description to make sure that people know that before they listen. Because I don't want another incident like we had with uh, <laughs> with our, our new friend. So, all right, everybody, great episode. <laughs> a lot of fun. It's April, six months of being a podcast. We're going to have some hopefully fun stuff going on this month. Uh, and keep your, your ears peeled, your eyes listening, or what? how does what? that work? Your eyes peeled to, to Twitter and to anywhere else that you can find us uh, for some information about what's coming up. And it'll be fun. It'll be a, it'll be a good time. I, wanna, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, we're... We're trying to get some pretty pretty awesome stuff set up. Yeah. So, thank you again. Uh, you did it. That derailed us last time. I'm just gonna that's ignore right. it. Keep your bananas and peeled and out of your salad, man. That's right. <laughs> Whoa, salad man. Wrap those bananas up. Be careful. Banana peeled salad man. That's an awesome family <laughs> tag right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> See you next right. time. Yeah. Thanks everyone. <laughs>
Yeah. You fools. I just listened to the spring update today and realized that it was meant as a neighbor fool's joke. Good one. <laughs> yeah, but that was a, yeah. a nice use of Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was. That one guy, that was a mad fool. was not. Yeah. <laughs> he was unhappy. I was at my dad's house whenever I read that, and I started cracking up. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, I just got called an asshole, and it's the funniest shit ever. <laughs> Man, this mouse is loud as shit when I scroll. I Golly. <laughs> I still can't believe how many people said the sound was broken. <laughs> that was, uh, just counting it. So oh, my God. I, can't even, I still can't even get over it. <laughs> Something's wrong. So good, I man. Can only hear X-ray. The whole guy who tweeted us like four times. When are you gonna release the fix? <laughs> Even after he listened the whole hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right, man. I can't. Okay, where the fuck is? I'm so blind. I can't find that guy's whole post. Yeah, I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I want to know what he deleted it. it. He deleted it, but it's saved in. It, yeah, we've got it in our chat. In our chat. <clears throat> there it is. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like a. <laughs> <laughs> There's like five spaces after deleted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so good. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. <clears throat>